You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Hello, I'm Willie George. Welcome to the Faith Roots Podcast. So good to have you today. I hope you'll subscribe to our channel, and I don't want to spend a whole lot of time talking about this, but hit that thumbs up button. That'll really help me out if you do it. So let's just move on. The story of David and Goliath reveals this amazing thing called the law of continuance. And I think that this is what drove the faith of David. All faith is based on a word from God. It's based upon a revelation from God. Um, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God, and God, by His Holy Spirit, quickens or makes alive words to us. Very often it happens when you're just reading the Scripture, something will jump off the page at you. But there are times that the Holy Spirit will bring something back to your remembrance that you read maybe years before. Uh, so David had uh, very strong confidence in God because of some things that had happened in his life. He demonstrated a level of faith that far exceeds the ordinary level of faith. And I'll tell you why I know this. Because the battle that he fought was not for himself. Him fighting Goliath was not a personal battle. Yes, there were personal risks involved, but David was fighting for the whole nation. As a result, he had a sense of a much stronger calling and much stronger purpose in what he was doing. When I read the story of David before King Saul and in the presence of the Philistine army and Goliath on the battlefield and even his skeptical older brother, when I read about this, I see a supreme confidence. It's unshakable. This is not a teenager deciding that he is going to believe God. This is a young man who is swept up in destiny and the Holy Spirit has swept him up and brought him to this moment. And he has a faith that is incredibly strong, and, and it would serve us well to look at it because we can see some things about God's makeup and God's character in this story. Uh, when David was at the Valley of Eli, he wasn't there to fight. He went there to take a message to his brothers and to take supplies to them and to bring back the report of their welfare to his father. But when he was there... And he saw this giant cursing the armies of Israel. David was incensed at this. It was a righteous indignation. It was not just a personal pick that he had where he was upset and this, this incensed his own ego. This was a righteous indignation of the spirit that rose up in him. And uh, so he decided to do something against it. Uh, the, the, the funny thing is, in the midst of this group of people who were supposed to be people of faith, there wasn't one person of faith, not one. David was opposed by three different stations or three different people, and they each occupy a certain place. You can learn from this. The first one was Eliab, his family. Uh, when I first became a believer in Christ, the first opposition I got came right out of my own family. Uh, my own dad told me I couldn't go to church anymore. And uh, put the foot down, said uh, he didn't want me going to my church, and I had to keep going to church. So I made the choice to go live with my mom. I had a chance to live with either one. I had a car with dad. Mom couldn't afford a car. Dad could, but uh, I had to give up my car when I moved out. I went to go live with my mom. Uh, if I if I have to hitchhike, I'm going to church. 
And so to me, it was very important, but I saw an immediate attack. Secondly, there was King Saul who told David, you're not able to go do this. He threw discouragement into David. David wasn't the least bit shaken by the word of his brother, nor was he shaken by the word of King Saul. And this is the authority that he was under. So you got family, then you got the governmental authority he was under, and then finally you got Goliath over here who is cursing David and ridiculing him. He disdained him. And so this is the world. This, and each one of these has a response that is very typical of how each of these entities, family, authority, and the world, they all come against people of faith. And you see it happen from time to time. Uh, but David's faith was born out of an incredible purpose. Let me show you where it comes from. Uh, because you see it very clearly here in 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse 1. And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul the king, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go, for I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons." So we're going to skip down to verse 6, and we're going to read 1 Samuel 16, 6, and it says, It came to pass when they were come that he looked on Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. So he had all the looks of a king. Uh, but the Lord said to Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord sees not as a man sees. For a man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Well, and that's something we need to bear in mind because a lot of times the people that we would pick to do a certain thing are not the ones that God picks. And um, so the great lesson here. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him to stand before Samuel. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this. Then Jesse made Shammah to pass by. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this. Again, Jesse made seven of his sons to pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen these. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Are here all your children? And he said, There remains yet the youngest, and behold, he keeps the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he comes here. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy and with all of a beautiful countenance and goodly to look to. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him, pay attention to this, in the midst of his brothers. They were all present. They saw. So Eliab was later without excuse when he was at the Valley of Elah. He should never have been discouraging to David because he was there when the Holy Spirit was poured upon David through that anointing oil. The Bible says the Spirit of the Lord came on David from that day and forward. Uh, so what we see here is that David was chosen by God uh, for something that was in his heart and his character, not because of his age, but something, some propensity that he had uh, to be able to, to, to stand up and to, to be bold. Uh, a lot of scholars believe that David was maybe born out of an illegitimate relationship. And, uh, the, you know, it's not necessary that you believe that. But there seems to have been a division between him and the rest of the family. And it's quite possible that uh, he and the other sons had a different mother. But he definitely had to be of the lineage of Jesse in order to fulfill uh, the, the requirements for bringing the line of the Messiah into Israel. He was of the family of Judah, and, uh, and Jesse was of the tribe of Judah, and so forth and so on. So we see this, that, that God uh, had chosen him. Now, this is what David had. He had an unshakable confidence. And, and here it's described. It's the same thing that Abraham had. 
in Romans chapter 4 and verse 21, being fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. Fully persuaded is a very, very important term. A lot of people begin a battle of faith when they're not fully persuaded. Who fully persuades you? Well, it's, it's a twofold operation. Uh, first of all, we all know that God has to persuade us. We are persuaded by the Holy Spirit through the Word of God. And uh, so, yes, there is that thing that God does. But then on the other hand, you and I have a part to play. You have to persuade yourself. And you persuade yourself by continually going back to the Word, looking at the Word, letting the Word sink down into your heart, uh, letting the Holy Spirit make it real to you. And that's what Abraham did. He was fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. You know, God gave Abraham a vocabulary when he told him, I've made you a father. He changed his name from Abram, which means exalted father, to father of a multitude, Abraham. And so every time that Abraham accepted this new name, you know, when your name has been something for 99 years, and uh, it's what everybody has called you, it's what you answer to, it's deep within your consciousness, uh, then you know that uh, changing your name is a hard thing to do. But Abraham did it, and uh, God changed the name of Sarah. Changed it from Sarai to my princess to, exa- to princess, meaning everybody's princess. She is not just uh, daddy's little princess, but she's everybody's princess. And so God changed her name so that they could reinforce in their own belief systems who they were. God said, I have made you a father, and God said, I have made you a mother. And they had supreme confidence because they were fully persuaded. David was fully persuaded that he could kill this giant. But what was it that persuaded him? Now, Abraham had promises from God, and then he had the name change, and so every time he confesses the name Abraham, he's helping to build his faith. But what was it that persuaded David in the Valley of Elah? Listen to this. It is 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 32. David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him, him being Goliath. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, You are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. And David said unto Saul, Your servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him, and I smote him, and I delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Now, his narrative continues, verse verse 37. I'm going to come back to that in just a second. I want to talk about what he's doing here. First of all, David had been anointed by God to be a king. The first job of a king is to be a protector That's what the job of a king is. He's to protect the sheep. He's like a shepherd. Any good king, any good leader is first of all a shepherd. And that means you give a place of safety to people. One of the greatest compliments that has ever paid me is years ago, probably 30 years ago, some people came to our church for the first time, walked into the lobby, and immediately began to cry. And this is what they said. They said, we felt safety from the minute we walked in the door. Meaning that I was not going to allow every wind of doctrine to blow through that was present in Tulsa, Oklahoma. 
When I started our church in 1987, we were in the wild west spiritually in Tulsa. Every imaginable thing was sweeping through that you can think of. But I stood against a lot of those things and kept them from our church. And as a result, a number of other pastors began to have second thoughts about some of these things that were sweeping the body of Christ. They too stood. And a lot of the the monkey business that was going on in a lot of the places around the country didn't happen here. And it certainly didn't happen in our church. People who came felt a safety. And that's the first job of a leader, a shepherd. And if you're going to be the king, you've got to be a leader and a shepherd. And David certainly was that. Now, the Holy Spirit gave him the ability to do something about that protection. So when the lion came and the bear came, and by the way, these are stair-stepped. The Asian lion is weaker than the Syrian brown bear. Smaller animals. So David killed the bottom level, then the middle level. Lion, then bear. David knew ordinary shepherd boys don't kill like I've killed. I know God has a purpose for my life. I have battled A and I've battled B. And I don't know what C is, but I'm sure I will recognize C when it appears before me. And that's exactly what happened when he got to the battlefield. When he got to the battlefield, he saw what his C was. Lion, bear, now giant. And so David was prepared for this because he understood the law of continuance. And that's what he said to King Saul. Your servant killed the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. So he tied the three of them together. Now let's pick up that verse that we stopped from, because it almost looks like he's repeating something here that he's previously said, but he's not. It's a different statement. Verse 37, David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. Now now see, Saul was convinced. David convinced Saul that he could go and fight. And we know that because Saul was willing to give his own armor to David. I'm not sure Saul believed that David would win, but he was convinced enough to let the youth go. Now, this could have been a huge mistake because if David goes out there and gets slaughtered in front of the whole Israeli army and if all the Philistines see it, they may be emboldened to quit mouthing off like they have been for 40 days and they may be emboldened to come on the attack. Uh, But Saul was convinced enough to let him go. And it had to do with the the, the strength of David's faith and and it persuaded the king, let him go. And so David went out like that to fight. Now, here's what he's doing in verse 37. In the previous verses, he said, I killed the lion, I killed the bear. Now he said, the Lord delivered me, and the Lord will deliver me again. So he is understanding this dual fight. In other words, I'm fighting, but also you need to know that God fights when I fight. And let me show you another illustration of this. This is 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 9. These are the mighty men of David. After him was Eliezer, the son of Dodo, the Ahuite, who was one of three mighty men with David. When uh, they defied the Philistines that were gathered together to battle and the men of Israel were gone away, so there was a time apparently when the men of Israel ran from the Philistines, Uh, Eliezer arose, smote the Philistines until his hand was weary and his hand clave to the sword. In other words, he fought for so long he couldn't relax his grip. And the Lord wrought a great victory that day and the people returned after him only to spoil. Now that's funny to me. 
It says that Eliezer did the fighting, but then it says the Lord wrought a great victory. So who was it? Was it the Lord doing the fighting? Was it Eliezer? Both, because God fights when we fight. And so that's what David understood. He said, I killed the lion and the bear, and I'll kill this Philistine. And then he says, the Lord delivered me out of the hand of the lion and out of the paw of the bear. And he said, he'll deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. So what you see here is David thoroughly understood continuance. He is saying, God didn't give me that ability so that I just kill lions and bears while I keep my father's sheep. God gave me that ability for a purpose. He's been grooming me for something more important. And so David understood the law of continuance. If God invested something in you before now and did a work in your life, he didn't do it to dump you when you get halfway down the path. That's all the time I have for today, but don't miss tomorrow. I'll see you then. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.